Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Giles Milton, host of the Unknown History Podcast, and you're listening to a special mini-series from historian Eleanor Herman on the royal art of poison. Hi, I'm Eleanor Herman, and today I'm going to be discussing my new book, The Royal Art of Poison, Filthy Palaces, Fatal Cosmetics, Deadly Medicine, and Murder Most Foul. I'll be focusing on Chapter 3, Dying to be Beautiful, Dangerous Cosmetics. Centuries ago, upper-crust women were as devoted to their beauty treatments as we are today. The ingredients have changed, however. For flawless-looking skin, Renaissance noble women wore makeup containing white lead ore, vinegar, arsenic, hydroxide, and carbonate applied to the face over egg whites. It gave them a silvery, gleaming complexion, paralysis, madness, and death. They also used mercury foundation, topped off with a liberal dusting of arsenic face powder. It's possible that Queen Elizabeth I, who used cosmetics of arsenic, mercury, and lead for over 40 years, suffered from heavy metal poisoning. During the last years of her life, the Queen lost her appetite and deteriorated mentally and physically. She routinely erupted into temper tantrums with her ladies-in-waiting and sometimes threw cosmetics and brushes at them. The Queen's godson, Sir John Harrington, noticed that she doth not now bear with such composed spirit as she was wont, but seemeth more forward than commonly she she used to bear herself towards her women. While the Queen had always taken sensible measures to ensure her personal safety, as all monarchs did, by the 1590s she developed a strong streak of paranoia. The Jesuits, she said, were trying to assassinate her. Sir John Harrington noted, She walks much in her privy chamber and stamps with her feet at ill news and thrusts her rusty sword at times into the tapestry in great rage. She became increasingly lonely and depressed as her old friends passed away. The heaviest blow came in 1601 when she had her young admirer, Robert Devereux, second Earl of Essex, executed for treason. Giovanni Scaramelli, the Venetian ambassador, reported, she has so suddenly withdrawn into herself, she who was wont to live so gaily, especially in these last years of her life, her days seemed numerous indeed, but not now that she allows grief to overcome her strength. In her remaining two years, the queen often sat in the dark, weeping, Elizabeth Tudor, the cunning, energetic politician, had become indecisive and querulous and seemed to be losing her grip on power. The people around her thought she was just getting old. And though she died at 69, considered quite old at the time, 
Perhaps her deadly cosmetics hastened her death. It is almost certain that a beauty treatment killed a 16th century French royal mistress, Diane de Poitiers, who drank a potion of liquid gold every day. The lovely strawberry blonde was desperate to look younger since she was 19 years older than her royal lover, King Henri II, and went to extreme measures to retain her youthful appearance. When French researchers discovered her remains in 2008, they found that her corpse had so much gold in it that it had leached out into the ground around the body. It also had dangerously high mercury levels, which must have come from her cosmetics and medications. Such high levels of toxicity would have damaged her kidneys, caused neurological disease, weak bones that broke easily, and inflamed her large and small intestines. In short, it is probably what killed her. A recipe for a potable gold in a 16th century book advised that it should be drunk once a month. But according to a writer who visited Diane, she drank it daily. The deadly potion did at least provide her with the ghastly white skin she wanted. She had severe anemia caused by the reduced production of red blood cells. Other Renaissance beauty treatments were either harmful or just plain gross. For instance, to obtain a fresh complexion, a woman washed her face in the urine of humans or animals. A popular 16th century face mask was made of mercury and turpentine, left on the skin for eight days and rubbed off with steam and bread. To dry up pimples, people slathered on ox dung. They filled in smallpox scars with human fat. Where would you get human fat, you might ask? Well, from the town executioner. For soft white hands, women thrust them into the pulsating entrails of a just-killed animal. Hot blood, they thought, was the best kind of hand cream. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To whiten teeth, courtiers ground up green pumice stone, aloe, vinegar, honey, cinnamon, pearls, scrapings of ivory, quinces and walnuts, and cooked it with silver or gold foil. They rubbed the paste over their teeth with a cloth. Of course, silver and gold foil are poisonous, and the abrasive powder in taking away the stains also removed tooth enamel. 
Now I'm going to read from the sections titled Nosebleed Wigs and Toxic Tresses and Arsenic and Old Lice. Nosebleed Wigs and Toxic Tresses. In the Elizabethan era, most English women imitated their queen, and so red hair was the height of fashion. Court ladies used a powder made of sulfur and safflower petals to color their wigs. Unfortunately, the sulfur was highly toxic and caused headaches, nausea, and nosebleeds. For those hoping to toss aside their nosebleed wigs, there were recipes to dye hair reddish blonde. The 16th century author Maester Alexis of Piedmont provided us with one that included red vitriol, rock alum, antimony, and saltpeter, ingredients which comforteth the brain and memory. The result, he wrote, was fair hair and glistering like gold. However, the good maester added ominously, remember to use in all things a discretion and diligence at the first when you use any recipe. As for an example on this confection, you must take heed that the lye be not too strong, lest that the said ointment, which I tell you is very strong, eat and consume your hair. Indeed, we are left to ponder if the lady using this recipe of antimony, lye, red vitriol, rock alum, and saltpeter, all of which have toxic qualities, was indeed deeply disappointed, and not just by illness and death. Quite possibly, instead of glistering hair, she was left with none at all. Throughout time, women have wanted luxurious thick tresses, though the means of obtaining them have certainly changed. The 1675 Accomplished Ladies' Delight in Preserving, Physic, Beautifying, and Cookery recommended ashes of goat's dung mingled with oil to anoint the head. Men combating baldness mixed rat droppings with honey and onion juice and rubbed it on their bald spots. For covering gray hair, the 1561 Italian bestseller The Secrets of Signora Isabella Cortesi, written by a female alchemist, recommended take four or five spoons of quicklime in powder, two pennyworth of lead oxide with gold and two with silver, and put everything in a mortar and grind it in ordinary water. Set it to boil as long as you would cook a pennyworth of cabbage. Remove it from the fire and let it cool until tepid, and then wash your hair with it. Maester Alexis recommended a toxic dye for to make a man's beard black. Take aquafortis, which was nitric acid, and a pennyweight of fine silver and melt it in the water by the fire and anoint the beard. Arsenic and old lice. In centuries past, lice were a perennial problem from the filthiest hovel to the most magnificent palace. In his book, A Treatise on the Diseases of Children, the 17th century English physician, Robert Pinnell, recommended applying to the scalp a mixture of arsenic, quicksilver, and white hellebore, a deadly flower, or combing the hair with strong mercury water and arsenic. The 16th century French royal physician, Amboise Paré, advised lousy people to anoint their heads with a mixture of quicksilver and butter. For body lice, fleas, and bedbugs, he recommended the patient wear a cloth strip smeared with mercury and hog's grease directly on the skin at the waist, like a belt. 
The mercury would have poisoned the insects, and the grease would have smothered them, though the rank odor of the strip would not have endeared its wearer to those downwind. Arsenic was used not only to remove lice from hairy body parts, but also to remove the hair itself. We can assume that mustaches and chin hair have plagued the fair sex ever since they cooked up mastodon meat in caves. And while in centuries past a lady's arms and legs were always covered by heavy material except in the boudoir, some women still liked smooth legs and underarms. Maester Alexis provided us with several depilatory recipes. One of them, an ointment to make the hairs fall from any place of the body, calls for mixing eight egg yolks, an ounce of arsenic sulfide, egg whites, and lye. Anoint the place from which you will have the hairs to fall, Maester Alexis instructed, and leave the ointment so upon it the space of a quarter of an hour or a little more. Then wash the place with warm water and all the hair will fall off, as well as some of the skin we must assume. He saved his most important instructions for last. You must note that the hair will not fall away, but when the moon decreaseth, that is to say, in the quarter of the wane. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed the discussion from The Royal Art of Poison, available at booksellers everywhere. You've been listening to guest historian Eleanor Herman. I'm your host, Giles Milton. Tune in to the Unknown History Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or at quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks for listening. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.